Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. have a good Easter? Yes, we had an incredible Easter here last week. Can I just give a shout out to our dream team last week who did three services? We had the band who did all three services. And man, we love Easter. That is what we celebrate every day, which is we're going to talk a little bit more about it today because it ain't ever over, right? The resurrection is never, ever over. So thank you guys. For those of you who served, thank you guys. For those of you who came, some of you I'm seeing back this week. You came last week, so this is your second week. So welcome back again to Hope Church. Man, we have been in this series, Who is Jesus? And before I keep going, I must just say, my husband gets up here every week and makes it look like so easy. You know, this week I'm working on the message and I'm like, can you just help me just a little bit? He's like, no, you got this, you got this. But man, can we honor our pastor? Because he is an incredible pastor. He's an incredible leader to our team. To our church, and so I'm going to come up here today and speak to you guys humbly, knowing that he does an incredible job every week. And so, thank you because I know that it's not easy. <laughs> um, so, we are going to finish up Who is Jesus today? We've been in the series for all month, Who is Jesus? And we've heard that he's a listener, and everything that Jesus is is so that we can model that. And so, Pastor Wes has taught us that he's a learner, he's a listener, he's a, he makes a way for us no matter what, he's humble. He's a freedom giver. Last week we looked at that when we see the cross, we see Jesus. When we see the cross, we see Jesus. But when we see the grave, we see freedom. Come on, are we thankful for freedom today? When we see the grave, we see freedom. But clearly it's the week after Easter. How many of you guys, you know that feeling like after the party? It's like, you know, the big wedding, you get home from the honeymoon, it's like, ah, back to normal life, you know? But like we are Christians and every day of our life, like we really should have it as packed in here every week as last week because just last week wasn't the big thing. That that was the big thing. But every day for the rest of our lives, we get to live out that Jesus died and that he rose again and that we have freedom. So today I want to talk to you about what happens now. You're back. You guys all made it back. There's clicking. It might be my earring. If I need to change. Oh, let me just adjust my hair. I have a little more hair than Pastor West, so... Is that better? Should I take my hoops off? I won't, I'm not ready to fight anybody, but I'll take my hoops off <laughs> if I need to. Good? Okay, cool. I'll try to be really still. Um, so we're going to talk about the resurrection and what happens now. Who is Jesus after... Give me one second. Is it going to bother you guys if I preach with one earring? Okay. <laughs> Who is Jesus after the resurrection? Now, can we just take a moment and just think about that word resurrection and like the weight that that carries? Resurrection means to bring something from death, like complete death, back to life. Now, we've got some plant people in here and you guys have resurrected a plant before. And let me just say, good job, because I don't even mess with plants. Nicole bought us two plants for the office and I'm just, every day I'm like, please stay alive, please make Nicole proud, make Nicole proud. But Nicole kind of prides herself on like she can bring plants from death 
back to life. She can resurrect a plant. Maybe some of you in here have gone into a business before that was a dying business and maybe it was dead, but you brought it back to life. You resurrected a dead business and I can imagine that that is hard. And we, in the church world, we run um, with people sometimes who go in and resurrect dead churches, dead churches who have maybe died. No one's there anymore, but a pastor, God's given them a vision to go back and resurrect an old church, right? And all of that is great, but we're talking about the body of Jesus that was completely dead, that was resurrected back to life. So what do we do now after the resurrection? Now we read Jesus raised some bodies in the Bible. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I've been studying this week and reading some. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised the guy's daughter back from the dead. He actually just spoke it from another town, but never, ever, ever did anybody ever predict their death and then raise themselves from the dead. That sets Jesus completely apart. Now, in the past, some people have tried to come up with maybe, maybe some reasons or some, some myths of the, of the resurrection that it didn't really happen. And so as I was studying, I've, I saw that some people say he was just unconscious and that when they put him in the, the grave, he wasn't really dead, so he woke up later. But here's the proof against that is that the Roman soldiers reported to Pilate that he was dead. And if you report something false to Pilate, then you're dead too. So they ain't going to report something that's false. And then they said they didn't even have to break his legs. Why? Because he was dead, right? He was dead. And then just, they didn't break his legs, but they said, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and just stick this spear through his side. So those are all pretty hard facts that tell me that Jesus was dead. And then Joseph and Nicodemus wrapped him up. I would guess if they were wrapping him, it probably took a while to wrap him. And there's crying, there's wrapping, there's putting all the spices. They're, they're knowing that he is dead. So that's one, one myth that maybe some people believe might have happened, but, but history proves that it's wrong. And then some people say, well, the women, they just went to the wrong tomb. They, if they would have gone to the other tomb, they would have seen he was alive. But Mary, they were there when they buried him. They knew, hey, women, we know how to get places. Which tomb it was, okay? She went to the right tomb. So there's no, no denying that. And then some people say that the body was stolen, that it didn't really raise from the dead. But hey, there was Roman soldiers posted outside that tomb. And if anyone were to try to come, their life was on the line too. So all of these, all of these things that maybe people have tried to say to not to tell us that Jesus didn't raise, they are not true. History proves, evidence and history prove that Jesus really did resurrect from complete death to complete life. But even more, again, he predicted his own death and the number of days. He didn't be like, just wait around. He said, three days, three days, I'm going to be dead and I am going to come back. Now, I want you to think a minute for about like maybe the most famous person that you know or met or someone who's died recently that's famous. As I was thinking about this, Bob Saget came to my mind. That's like the most famous person. I was Full House fan. Um, so can you imagine, we all know, if you don't know who Bob Saget was, he was the dad on Full House. He also was on a couple episodes of Fuller House. Um, not the cleanest comedian in the world, but Bob Saget died, okay? Can you imagine if we woke up tomorrow and on CNN, on Good Morning America, on social media, we see that Bob Saget is down the street at Starbucks drinking a coffee? Would we be like, cool, Bob Saget's alive again. No, we would be posting it. We would be sharing it. And, and, and like, this is like on the, the reputable news sources. This isn't on like Star Magazine at Publix Checkout, okay? This is on like the big news sources that have been tested. Bob Saget is alive. We would all be sharing it. We would all, raise your hand if you'd be like, that is incredible. That, raise your hand if you'd be in awe of that. 
We would be in awe that Bob Saget came back to life. We'd all be wondering what in the world. And here's what I want to challenge you with today. If we would be in awe of Bob Saget coming back to life and we'd share it and post about it, then guess what we should do? We should share and post that Jesus, who we know is our Savior, that he was dead and came back to life. We should be in awe of the resurrection. And until we become in awe of it every day, it's not going to fully change us the way that it's meant to change us. So just because there was no Facebook or Instagram or news stations back then to cover it, it really did happen. It is a true fact. The resurrection is history-making, life-transforming, eternity-changing truth that should change our lives forever. When I see the grave, Wes told us that he sees freedom. Some of us need some freedom in here today, and I hope that you believe the resurrection, and you, when you see that grave, you think, oh my goodness, there is hope for me. There is hope for you. The, Jesus came and resurrected to give you hope and to give you a future. So what happens now? It's the week after Easter. There's no Easter bunny outside. There's no cute peep, you know, decorations with lemonade and all the things. But Jesus is alive. So what do we do now? So as I was studying for this this week, in case you didn't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are called the Gospels, and they all kind of tell a lot of the same stories just from different lenses, different perspectives. And so I was reading the end of each of these chapters, which pretty much the last chapter or two of each of those tells the story of the resurrection, which I highly suggest reading. I love just seeing the different um, perspectives, which, shameless plug, if you don't watch The Chosen, you should totally watch that because it really helps the Bible come to life. So I'm reading these. So today we're going to look at all four. We're going to take out pieces of each of those ending of those chapters to kind of see what Jesus did after the resurrection. So I have three points for you today, okay? So if you want to take notes, get out your phone, get out old school pen and paper, whatever you want to do. But I want to give you three things that Jesus did for us and continues to do for us after the resurrection. So number one is this. Jesus encourages us. After the resurrection, Jesus encourages us. So we're going to look at John 20, 11 through 18. And this is when Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. She's, out, she's the first one there to see him at the tomb. And it says this. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord. Oh, where they have put them. This is Mary who has been through a lot with Jesus. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go get him. Mary, Jesus said. And in that moment that he said Mary, her eyes were open. She turned to him, and she cried out, Rabboni, which, means, which is, means teacher or master. And he says, hold on, hold on, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, okay? He's still got some time left before he's going to go up to heaven. The Bible tells us that he walked on the earth for 40 more days after he resurrected. He says, I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Because of the resurrection, he now becomes our Father and our God. He, we can have that personal relationship with them. And then the last verse says, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave him his message. 
So I just want to look at, at what happened with Mary there. This is Mary who walked with Jesus. She didn't get to be called one of the disciples in the Bible, but she was basically, she was right alongside the disciples, going everywhere, seeing the miracles. Jesus did some pretty incredible miracles in Mary's life. But it said Mary didn't recognize Jesus at first. Isn't that crazy? Someone that you've walked with for months and you don't recognize him? She was in such deep grief that she was blinded by her grief, and she didn't even recognize who Jesus was. She couldn't see him because she wasn't even expecting to see him. She wasn't even expecting to go there and see. Now, she was expecting to go see him dead in the grave. She wasn't expecting him to be outside calling her name. And I think sometimes we're not expecting to see Jesus in the midst of our grief, and so we can't hear him, and we don't even look for him. But when, Mary, when Jesus said, Mary, it clicked. She had heard Jesus say, Mary. Mary was filled with demons at one point in her life. And you know what Jesus had to do? He had to remind her of who she was. And my do, he had to remind her. Guess is that when, he's, when he was casting those demons out of her, when he, was, when he was transforming her life in that moment, he probably said, Mary. So as soon as Jesus said, Mary, I'm sure she got chills all over her body. That is my Lord. That's not the gardener. And she ran to him and she tried to hug him. And what did he say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. We still got a lot to do. Go tell everybody. And she was going to get to hug him and see him later. But in that moment, she, her eyes were open. She knew what it sounded like when Jesus called her name. I believe today some of us are so blinded by whatever situation we're in, whatever the grief is that we're going through, that maybe we're not even expecting Jesus to show up. But Jesus came back from the resurrection to encourage us and say, hey, I'm here in the midst of your grief. Some of you, he's calling your name. I could go through and say your names, but it's not going to mean anything if I say it. But when Jesus says, Jeanette, when Jesus says, Wesley, when Jesus says, Maria, when Jesus says your name, can you hear him in the midst of your grief? Can you pause for maybe just a moment? Maybe even just shut your eyes if you want, if you like to kind of picture and dream of things, but I want you to remember if you are a child of God, if you, if you would call yourself a Christian, that you placed your faith in Jesus, can you think back to that day that that happened for you? Where was it at that you heard Jesus so clearly saying, Kelly, Ariel, when did you hear him call your name? And some of us need to get back in our closets or wherever is a safe, small space that we can be quiet with Jesus and hear him saying, hey, I'm here to encourage you. I know what you're going through is hard, but I am here. I resurrected to encourage you. The resurrection should change us. Jesus overcame death, which means you can overcome whatever you're going through. Does that encourage someone today that you can overcome whatever it is that you're going through all because Jesus overcame the grave? And I'm not making light of whatever it is that you're going through. I'm not up here saying, listen, it's not a big deal. The resurrection, hello. What you're going through is a big deal. But if you are a child of God, then, then let me encourage you, let him encourage you this morning that no matter what grief you're in, he's calling your name and he wants to encourage you today. So number one is that Jesus encourages us. And then number two, after the resurrection... Jesus comforts us. Jesus comforts us. And while you might say those are kind of the same thing, let me explain what, what comfort is when it comes to Jesus. Now, 
pre-crucifixion back in John, before his death, Jesus is explaining to the disciples what's going to happen. And as you might imagine, they are so sad as, he, as he's kind of, it's kind of like Debbie Downer. Jesus is like, hey, this is, they're probably like, you know, having Passover, having communion. And he's like, hey, I need to let you guys know something. I'm going to be dying. It's going to be really bad. And they're kind of like, what? I don't, I don't think the disciples fully understood what, what was about to happen. I mean, how could you if you've never gone through that before? Um, so we're going to look pre-crucifixion before Jesus died. In John 16, 5 through 7, it says this, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. I would have been like, oh, where are you going? Excuse me, Jesus. I would guess Peter probably was like, I'll ask, you know. Um, so he says, I'm going away, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, the comforter won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So Jesus comforts us through the form of a comforter, which we're going to learn here is the Holy Spirit also pre-crucifixion before Jesus dies in John 14, he says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or comforter who you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. Back to Mary in the garden. Not, not, we're not looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Remember, he's not here yet. He hasn't sent him yet because this is pre-crucifixion. But he tells him, I'm going to be sending him. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. How many of us have, don't raise your hand. How many of us have ever felt abandoned before? Maybe you are, maybe you, maybe you are an orphan. Maybe you were a foster child. Maybe you grew up in that. But Jesus said, I will never abandon you. Even when I go away from this earth, I'm going to send somebody as soon as I leave. So you never have to be without me. So then let's look to Luke. Now this is after the resurrection, okay? After the resurrection, Jesus comes and he says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, which is what we just read. He had promised it already. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and then returned to, to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. My guess is if he wouldn't have left the Holy Spirit, the comforter, if he wouldn't have told them, hey, I'm leaving the comforter, the Holy Spirit for you, they probably wouldn't have been praising and worshiping as he was going into heaven. It probably would have been more like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Please come back, please come back, please come back. But he had told them. I'm going to send for you the Holy Spirit. In Greek, the word for Holy Spirit is parakletos, which means to come alongside, especially to help. To come alongside, to be a help. And I don't know about you, but I know that the Holy Spirit has come alongside me in the moments where I needed help the most. And I thought, oh my, I, I remember so vividly sitting on the playroom floor in my house one day by myself in the midst of, of what I thought was the darkest season of my life. And I remember Jesus saying, I'm right here with you. I know it's hard, but I'm right here beside you. I'm coming alongside you. I'm comforting you in this moment. I know there's some mean people out there. I know you think you can't go and keep on doing Hope Church, but please, you have to do it. There's people who need to hear Jesus, and I'm going to walk alongside you in the midst of it. I'm going to comfort you. He encouraged me, and he comforted me. The Holy Spirit, which we call the comforter, 
At the heart of the word comfort is the word fort, which in Latin, it means strong. Jesus knew that how many of you, Jesus, has been your strength on the day when you thought, I have no strength left. That is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, he's who you hear, he's who you feel when we open up God's word on Sundays or when you're listening to God's word in your car. When you, when you open up God's word, he is who you hear and feel. He, when worship is being sung and you feel this presence, that is the Holy Spirit. He is who goes before you into that meeting or into that, that family situation when you're like, I have no clue what's about to happen. The Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.